Welcome to The Scoop, the official podcast of the city of Nelson, hosted by Ginger Lester and by me, Avi Silberstein. Hi, Ginger. Hello. I'll start off with a quick introduction. I'm a librarian here at the Nelson Public Library, and I'm recording this podcast right here in the library's new recording studio. It's one of three new tech hub rooms that we've got at the library. It's a state-of-the-art space, and you can use it to record videos as well as audio, and we've got podcasting mics, cameras, we've got a green screen, we've got all the hardware you need, all the software you need, and uh, yeah, check it out. But enough about me. Ginger, please introduce yourself to all of our wonderful listeners. Well, this is really exciting. Our first podcast, video cast, whatever you want to call it. Um, my name is Ginger Lester, and I'm the communications coordinator with the city. Uh, I've been with the city for 10 and a half years and living in Nelson for 16 years. I'm really excited that we're doing this. Um, kind of the main goal of the podcast is to take a deeper dive and talk to the community about what we hear from you. And, you know, we get a lot of questions on email and social media and telephone calls and on different topics, well, every topic. And our goal is to work with staff like who we have today and get back to the community and hopefully give you a better understanding of why we do what we do. Um, yeah, and if you have an idea for a podcast topic, we have set up an email for Avi and I, it's podcast at nelson.ca. We'd love to hear what you're interested in and um, yeah, send us a quick uh, email. So I'm going to introduce our first guest. So welcome Colin, this is Colin Innes. He's the Director of Public Works and Utilities for the City of Nelson. He oversees uh, all of the public works operations, which has uh, approximately 70 full-time staff. So Colin, first, can you give us a little, um, kind of like what does public works do for the City of Nelson? Absolutely, well, uh, good morning, uh, Ginger and Abby, and thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, Public Works does a lot of what I guess the public would sort of see as being the um, uh, kind of typical uh, functions that a city fills. So, you know, picking up garbage, uh, 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 mowing grass in the in the summertime. Uh, we have a, an airport here that uh, we're uh, responsible for. Uh, we um, do uh, water and sewer works. We, we do our water treatment as well as we run the sewage uh, treatment plant. And so, yeah, we, we do basically a lot of what people would see out on the street as being, you know, sort of uh, uh, city works uh, is, is a public works function. Okay, great. Well, today we're going to talk snow and snow operations. And more specifically, we're going to talk about the um, snow event that we had on January 4th, 2022. Um, I think myself, like everybody else, opened their door up in the morning and we're shocked by the amount of snow um from what i've heard and read we between whether you're in the bottom of the valley up to the top between 60 and 90 centimeters of snow overall um i guess my first question is to you were you expecting this much snow and and was it business as usual well the amount of snow uh, that was forecast was not uh, to be this amount of snow that we received and then of course the a big thing that compounded it was not only did we get a big snowfall, but then we had a bunch of successive snowfalls that were all of substantial uh, size, which just continued to pile on to the, to the initial uh, load of snow that we got. So no, the, the uh, event that was forecast was not as, as great. And so uh, the city uh, hadn't uh, uh, stepped into you know, bringing in all kinds of additional forces because at that point in time, we didn't know that we were going to need to. 
And it wasn't until after we could see that, holy smokes, we're, we're in for a world of hurt here. We've got a lot of snow that then we were able to, uh, to scramble and, and, and start supplementing our forces and, and really hit the event with some, uh, some real gusto. Colin, did you wake up that morning and look out the window or did you wake up in the middle of the night and see it accumulating? Like what was your personal experience waking up to this? Well, in, uh, in the, typically, you know, when we're looking at the forecast, we get an idea that, you know, it's supposed to snow uh, three to five centimeters or something like that. And so in the morning, of course, I, when I get out of bed, I'm expecting when I look out the window to be seeing approximately what uh, was forecast. And so seeing the amount of snow that was there, it was like, holy smokes, you know, this is way beyond uh, what we thought and knowing that, wow, this is going to be a real big event uh, that we just, we're going to have to hit with, uh, with a lot of, uh, lot of resource in order to be able to take care of and so yeah it was a real holy smokes uh, here we go kind of a, 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 a thing that would have gone through my mind and on that note um so kind of flipping back like we said what the public has been asking what residents have been asking were you running crews 24 7 and and who did you bring in like how many resources did you have to use to deal with this event sure well uh, that's a really great question ginger um how how we're set up uh, as far as our staffing goes uh, when it comes to winter, we have what's referred to as special winter shifts. And what special winter shifts are is it means that we've got staff on from four in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. So there's only a very small window where we weren't, wouldn't have forces that are out. And that's that's how we set up for the winter time. And, you know, uh, for the majority of winter events, that's that's, you know, a totally appropriate uh, way to handle it. Um, but what happened in this event, of course, is that uh, not only did we need to have our staff working that, you know, a great set of hours there, um, but we also needed to, some folks to work later in the evening. So we had actually had staff working till three in the morning and then more staff coming in at four in the morning. So it was about an hour where you didn't have a, a city staff that was, that was on shift. And then in addition to that, because of the, the great volume of snow that we received, uh, we had to bring in a bunch of contractors to help out. So um, you know, we had to supplement our forces with a whole lot of other folks in order to be able to tackle an event like this, just because of how big and, uh, and massive the, the snow event was. What, what do you think the biggest obstacle was for you, um, other than the sheer amount of snow? Were there, I mean, I heard cars were buried. Um, were there other obstacles that you guys had to deal with? Well, the biggest thing, and, and, and of course, when you've got an awful lot of snow like this, is to be able to see things, right? And so, you know, we've got really good operators uh, that, uh, you know, routinely are, are doing work out there on the, you know, through the winter. Um, but once you start getting this amount of snow, it gets a lot harder. You don't have a whole lot of reference points to be uh, uh, guiding yourself with because things are, are covered up. Uh, cars become a, an issue, especially if cars haven't moved for a while, because uh, when you get that amount of snow, uh, being able to discern between what's a pile of snow and what's a car with a pile of snow on it becomes very difficult. And uh, I know that there was a couple of uh, times during the event where I was out and, and uh, taking a look at, you know, where we needed to get some piles of snow lifted and moved. And there was a couple of times where I looked at something, okay, I got to get that moved. And then I'd look real close and, well, geez, it looks like there's a mirror there and then find out, oh, yeah, no, this is a car. Um, so for, for folks that have been operating, especially, you know, you're at the tail end of a 12 hour, uh, shift that, uh, you, because you're working overtime, it's dark out, you're tired, you know, it, it gets really difficult to, to not, uh, you know, make a mistake like that. And uh, of course, in, in making that mistake, uh, we've got big, powerful equipment 
it doesn't take very much to damage something significantly. And so um, the fact that we were able to get through this uh, without causing a whole bunch of uh, damage to parked vehicles and other objects out there, you know, I think I think we did really well, and and really that's a testament to the to the folks that were actually out there doing the removals. Absolutely. Um. So, Colin, I mean, from what I've heard from people, people are tremendously grateful uh, at all the hard work that that your staff put in, and I know I personally, I woke up. You know, I guess that day was a was a holiday, right? It was a stat holiday. Uh, but the next day, I took the bus into town. I live on the North Shore, and just on the walk from the bus where I got off the bus to the library, I saw so many um, public works staff shoveling, plowing. Like it was, it, it was obvious that it was a serious boots on the ground, all out effort. Um, but as Ginger mentioned, there is you know the the, the ups and downs of social media is that you're always going to have people on social media that are expressing their dissatisfaction with things. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'd i like to hit you now with one of the comments from, I think it's the City of Nelson's Facebook page, just to get your response, you know, just in the interest of giving yeah. a voice to the, the people in the City of Nelson. So here's the comment and I'll let you address it. Uh, it's been a week now since the snow stopped. The piles of snow still all around the city. When will the city clear all these ice and snow? Are they just waiting to melt all of it? Most of our neighboring towns and cities already cleared and removed most of their snow and ice on the street. Well, and and uh, I I can certainly appreciate where the where the individual is coming from. I mean, uh, I know myself. Uh, uh, I was doing a whole pile of shoveling at home and digging myself out, and I think everybody was just kind of getting sick of the situation and wanting to see it cleared up. And so I totally get where the where the where the sentiment uh, is coming from. Um, the thing that uh, uh, I think that uh, folks may not have, have fully uh, taken into consideration, though, is that, I mean, this is a significant event that's happened. And we were working around the clock with a whole bunch of additional resources. And if you go and take a look at any of our snow dumps, uh, we've, we've got them absolutely stuffed with snow. And I mean, and this is the early part of the year. So, I mean, we got hit with a massive event and uh, unfortunately cleaning up massive events can take a lot of time. And I recognize that that can be frustrating for folks because you're, you know, you're wanting to get out, you're wanting to have your car built to get to where you want it to go. And it's frustrating because we can normally, typically with a normal snowfall that we would receive, we, we can provide you with that level of service. But it was just such a massive event that happened that unfortunately it makes it. And so the time it takes to respond, to get all these piles moved and, and, and to do that, it's just a time-consuming uh, uh, process, and I, to be honest with you, I think that the uh, the contractors that uh, we hired worked very well and worked very efficiently, and our crews worked really well and really efficiently. And so I think that we've actually moved the snow as as fast as we possibly could, um, and that's with us expanding our resources in order to do that. So again, I think it really speaks to just the magnitude of event. And although I appreciate where folks are coming from, and I mean, uh, I know when I was shoveling my own place, I, I sure wish that it was all done and I didn't have to do any more of it. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it was just what the kind of the card we got dealt and, and unfortunately we, we just had to deal with it. Okay, so that kind of leads me to, let's talk a little bit about budget and um, where is the city at as far as spending money on snow removal? And it's kind of a twofold question because why don't we have more resources? That's what we're hearing from the community. Why don't we have more plows and people working? Can you can you talk to that, Colin? Sure, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, it's a, I, I can totally get where, again, where folks are coming from with, with the idea that, oh, okay, well, in order to do this faster, if we had 10 more people and 10 more loaders, then we'd get this done faster. And, and sure, uh, that, that, that may be true. However, here's what the rub is, is that we don't typically need all that equipment. Uh, and so what would happen then is that we'd have a whole bunch of equipment that's sitting around parked and unfortunately parked equipment, uh, the, uh, belts on it and hoses and all hydraulics, all these kinds of things. When you've got stuff that's sitting and not really in use, typically what'll happen is when you actually really need that thing now, now you got to do a big service job in order to get it to be brought back into, uh, into service because it sat for, for quite a while. Um, and again, with the, with the staffing uh, resources that we have on hand, I mean, this is to handle, you know, 98 or 99% of the events that we get. And so if we had a whole bunch of additional people, the question would be then, well, what, what, what do we do them outside of, out of those windows? So the thing that we did, and, and which I think is, is typical, and, and you'll find uh, probably in just about any jurisdiction, was because of the magnitude of event, this is where we start to bring in uh, contractors because they have equipment, they have people that can operate equipment. And so what you do is because you've got this sudden need to, to do this, you're bringing in that uh, folks to help supplement the, um, you know, the period of time where you really do need that resource at hand. Unfortunately, having all of that stuff sitting here in the yard would cost a lot of money and you'd have a lot of equipment that just sits there and doesn't typically do a whole lot of work for you. So that's a lot of to, to outlay to have just stuff sitting there. And like I said, unfortunately, the way that uh, parked equipment uh, normally works is it's not going to necessarily do what you want it to do when you need it. And in the end, you may wind up having to even bring in a piece of equipment anyways, because you're busy fixing this one to get it ready to go. And so um, I really think that um, us having more more equipment isn't necessarily the solution um, to this. I think that if if we start to see that you know we have these events and this is something that reoccurs every year and and we're always going through this and and then that uh, you know brings on a oh okay well we really would have this equipment rolling we really would have these people working in a more consistent uh, manner then then that would probably make sense for us to then you know bring up our our staffing and equipment levels. But, you know, again, this is, we're having this talk because, uh, you know, we just had an extreme snow event. And so, you know, it's a kind of a, a bit of a, a one-off. And again, that's uh, something where it makes more sense for us to be able to, to, you know, supplement with some additional resources, as opposed to having our own permanent uh, equipment and staffing and to take, uh, you know, to be just sitting waiting to, to do something like that. Now, now I, I also asked about budget because, I mean, as you mentioned, we're only, what, January 26th today. Um, and I, I know our um, CFO mentioned that we had some money from last year and that's going to be applied to this year. I think $100,000 is what he said. What, it, what does it look like for us for 2022 for the city of Nelson and its uh, snow removal budget? Well, I mean, in a in a, any given year, um, the the snow budgets kind of hovered around you know about eight hundred thousand dollars a year for 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 snow removal, and of course, in some years uh, you'll be above that, and in and other years you're below that. So the fortunate thing was in the preceding year, uh, we didn't have as much uh, uh, budget that we needed to use, and so there was a portion of a budget that that uh, you know that was able to roll forward to help with an event like this. No, it's always really hard to, uh, you know, because do you, do you do a snow budget based on the fact that, okay, we're going to have this extreme event that's going to happen. And so we're just going to build this money in here as a contingency for that. 
Or again, do you look at, you know, hey, here's what's happened on a, on a rolling five-year average, and this looks to be about kind of what we would need to deal with it, knowing that, you know, some years we're going to be a little under and some years you're going to have some greater pressure. I mean, again, you know, we could go out and, and get a million dollar snow budget. And so that way, okay, well, you probably are going to be under that in, in a given year. But again, then you're going to be putting a bunch of budget aside for something that you're not actually really having to action there. And so I think that where we've got the budget set again seems to be about, uh, uh, you know, a good uh, level that seems to uh, address the majority of events that we deal with. Um, and we're fortunate in this case that we had a lighter year that helps uh, take some of the, the um, uh, you know, uh, reduces the, 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 the uh, impact of the bill from, from having an event like this. Um, because an event like we just went through can, you know, take up, a, you know, just in that one event can eat up a quarter to a third of, of an entire snow budget in, in just one event. And uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of to the tail end of, uh, of January now, but there's an awful lot of snow that can still come. We've got a lot of months of snow that are still ahead of us. I hope that it's a, a normal year and that we don't have a whole bunch, but I mean, we could, we could get hit again with another big event. And so, yeah, you can, you can chew through budget pretty quickly in responding to events like this, uh, just because, you know, equipment and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, human resources uh, all cost a, a lot of money. And, and so having it out there 24 hours a day generates a lot of bills pretty quickly. Um, Colin, getting into the community response, I know um, the city asked uh, Nelson citizens to dig out um, fire hydrants. Um, and uh, you know, I think people really stepped up and that was greatly appreciated. Are there other things that people could have done either right before or right after that would have been helpful to, to your department? A hundred percent. And actually uh, some folks uh, really did help out in clearing off cars that were out on the street. I mean, the best thing for us in, in plowing, we're able to do, you know, if there, if there is no vehicle there, we're able to really move snow and that's our most effective way of, of being able to get it done. But again, kind of like, like I did uh, said off the top of the podcast there with, uh, you know, cars being buried in snow and it, and it being hard to see them, uh, that, people clearing their cars off so we could actually see where they were makes it a lot easier for us to be able to do what we need to do because now we know that, okay, well, that is a car and, and now I'm gonna govern what I'm doing accordingly. So folks that did that, that was a, that was a huge help and I, and I really do appreciate uh, the folks that, that, that made sure that they did that. That really helped us a lot. Um, like you said, folks that shoveled out hydrants, I think that's a, a, a big, huge thing to do as well. I mean, that's something where uh, there was a fire that uh, we had uh, that occurred here this winter, and uh, fortunately, that was a hydrant that had been shoveled out, and so crews were able to respond uh, and, and, and be as effective as they possibly could be there. And if they had to go searching for a hydrant in the snow, and even if they're only losing a couple of minutes in it, I mean, that can really have a big change on the outcome of, of how effective that the fire department's able to be in a response. So. Uh, folks shoveling out uh, hydrants is, is definitely a huge, uh, huge benefit. And, and, and I mean, we certainly really appreciate uh, that as a city, the folks that have gone and done that. Can I um, segue then? Um, that kind of goes to the, into the alleys, because mm -hmm. um, I think that you and I have talked before about having people um, ensure that they don't have items um, too close to the alley uh, near their properties and then I want to talk a little bit about garbage because even though we're talking snow today I think they're both uh, connected because um, so I'd just like you maybe address alleys um, the challenges you had with them what the public can do and then how we dealt with garbage um, during the the few weeks that we had all this snow. 
Sure. Well, a, a big thing with alleys uh, for us again is uh, in order to do the work in, in alleys, uh, you know, all of the objects that are there that we can uh, you know, wind up uh, uh, colliding with it, with a piece of equipment or something really changes again, the how quickly we're able to respond and how effectively we're able to get our jobs done. Now, a lot of folks, and, and I get it, uh, we all have lots of things and, and uh, we don't always have a lot of space <laughs> in order to be able to keep our things. And so unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, folks wind up storing stuff kind of right on the alley um, at the backs of their property. And, and I mean, I, 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 I get that, you know, I, I've got limited yard space too. I, I get that, uh, that uh, sometimes I struggle to try to figure out where the heck am I gonna put this that makes sense. The biggest thing for us is if, if folks are able to keep that stuff away, uh, you know, off of the lane, it really uh, it changes how effective we're able to be in the lanes and moving snow. Because again, if we're not having to worry about things that have become buried uh, in the snow, because I mean, even things like um, utility trailers, well, I mean, if you get a big uh, hit of snow like we've just had, you could have something that's sitting there and there'll be absolutely nothing for the person who's operating that machine that'll, that'll cue them into that. There's actually an object that's under all of this snow um, and so again, you know, if, if we can't really see things, it's really hard for us to, to do our work effectively and, and having objects out of the way makes it so we're able to get things done a whole lot quicker. Now, as far as uh, garbage went, um, uh, during the event, trying to get a garbage uh, truck down uh, the lanes would have been, uh, I don't, I, I just don't think that it would have been possible, which is why we pivoted and, and, and said that we weren't gonna be able to do that. Uh, what we did is uh, we uh, had uh, some bins uh, down here at, uh, at the operations building on, on Lakeside Drive, and uh, we had folks uh, bring their, their garbage to us. And so, um, again, I mean, uh, the level of service that we want to provide to people is us actually coming and collecting from you because that's what we do and that's what we want to build to, the service that we want to be able to provide. But in this event, I think that if we had even attempted to do that, it, we, would have, we would have failed. Uh, we just wouldn't have been able to get the, the truck through lanes. And to be honest with you, um, even in doing the, our, our, our pickup that we did here last week, uh, and this is how, us having a whole pile of time to respond, we still had to send a loader around with a garbage truck and pull it out of a number of locations just because it was still getting stuck. Oh, wow. And so, you know, that so that should kind of give you a sense of, as to what we were up against. And so I don't think that we would have been successful in trying to collect garbage. I think that what we did in providing people a place to, to be able to get rid of garbage, because I can understand that, too. You know, you got your your garbage can can putrefy and stink and uh, you don't have a whole bunch of places to store it. And you just need to get rid of it. And so I think that um, in providing a place to, for folks to be able to take it, I think that was really important. And so I think that was a good thing that we did. Um, but uh, can yeah. I just interject, Colin? Did they yep. um was it uh, did a lot of people use the garbage, and how how did staff do? How how did staff do dealing with um the public coming down and dropping off their garbage, and how how do they feel through this whole event? We had a lot of folks come down. The bins were uh, we were uh, uh, there was a couple of times because of course uh, uh, for the uh, disposal company that comes and picks up bins. Now these aren't bins that are part of their normal routine. Uh, and so, of course, for them to try to juggle what they've got going with all their existing customers and then pick up these bins uh, from us, you know, that that's already they're having to try to juggle things and make it work. And, and the bins were getting filled and we were getting, you know, the bins uh, pulled out of here on a regular basis and replaced. Uh, and so a lot of folks came in and, and used the bins. Um, I, I had been over, you know, just to see where the how, how much uh, 
materials in the bin and and are we you know having to get a the, set up the pickup and so you're uh, so I was over there and so I actually wound up interfacing with a whole pile of different uh, folks who were bringing us their their garbage and and to be honest with you um, everybody I spoke to was really thankful that there was at least a place to take it and uh, they they seemed to really appreciate that and um, and and like I say I mean I'm I'm sure they they would have rather us have come and picked it up from from their home. Uh, but it's just we weren't able to to do that, and so. But I think people really did appreciate having a place to build to to take it, and it was definitely well used. Now, Colin, we should probably uh, wrap this up soon. I do have a, a little question here for you: Pick your poison, Snowmageddon or Heat Dome? <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, it is a tough one, isn't it? I, I think, though, to be honest with you, uh, Abby, if I was if I had to pick one, I think I, I think I'd actually pick a snowmageddon. Um, a heat dome, a heat dome is just kind of inescapable, and and unfortunately, there's not a lot that I that I have in my uh, that I can do about it. And so it's one of those things where where you we almost feel that you know this thing's happening, and you and you want to do something about it, and you can't. Uh, whereas with a snowmageddon event, well, I mean, again, you know, it, it's a big event. It takes time and, and a whole lot of uh, effort to, to get it cleaned up. At least we could do something about it. And so, yeah, I'd pick a snowmageddon uh, any day over a heat dome. Same here. <laughs> I, I'd like to add a few things just as the communications person for the city. Um, a couple things we didn't talk about, but I think it's really important that everybody has a 72-hour kit. Um, so for emergency management team, I'm sure they're happy if we mentioned that. And there's a lot of great information on our website, um, so you can go check that out. Um, we also have an angel program um, where people can sign up um, to get assistance with snow on public lands. So this is not the snow that's on your roof or leading up to your um, house, like your private property. Um, we're always looking for volunteers for this, for um, for raking leaves and uh, shoveling snow. And um, again, you can find that on the city website. Um, so nelson.ca uh, forward slash uh, angel program. And um, the other one is, you know, the garbage um, that became kind of a big deal. And we went five weeks, I think, without garbage pickup. Um, we have a Notify Me um, subscription and you can go to our website, sign up for the Notify Me and you can actually find out if there's any going to be any changes. Um, every Saturday before Garbage Week, a notification will go out. But if there's a change in pickup, for whatever reason, that will be modified and um, sent out, whether by email or text. Um, but what I want to end on is that you know, we, we, we're doing this podcast because we, we want to um, deal with mi uh, maybe some miscommunication or um, misconceptions, I should say, not miscommunication, um, that can sometimes be out there in the public. But um, we did receive a lot of calls. But I want to end with that. We also received, as Avi mentioned earlier, a ton of amazing comments and support in the public, from the public. And I just don't want that to be lost um, um, and yeah, I just want to put it out there and so that our teams know at City Hall and at Public Works and wherever they are that that there's a lot of support there in the community when these type of things happen. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Ginger, because uh, there was, uh, um, of course, we had a lot of requests for service. I, I, won't, uh, I won't lie, we had a lot of requests for service. However, um, we also had uh, a, a number of people that reached out and really did thank us for what we were doing and, and they could understand that, geez, you know, you guys have uh, been, there's a heck of an event here that, that you're, you're having to deal with and, and we really do appreciate uh, the, 
um, the thank yous and, and, and the encouragement uh, from folks. Uh, I, as soon as any of that uh, uh, came in, we were uh, providing it to the staff uh, because of course they've been working long hours and they're tired and they're, and they're working really hard. And, and to them, it gives them a real lift uh, when they you know, they feel that, that, that there's somebody in their court that's kind of cheering for them to, to get the job done. And, and so we really do appreciate that and, and thank everybody very much for, for, for doing that. And, and thank you also for everyone else for their patience in, in, in clearing this all up. It, it, it takes time, like I say, and, and we really do appreciate uh, the understanding there. Absolutely. And thank you, Colin, for taking the time to join us on our first podcast. Our and, first one. <laughs> thanks to, and thank you to anyone who has stayed right to the end. We really appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> yes, thank you to our listeners. You can email us at podcast at nelson.ca and stay tuned for our next episode. See you next time.